Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I am your host Dino, and joining me once again, a man who is also watching Drive to Survive, like we all are, let's face it, it's Chris Salisbury. Hi Dino, how are you doing? Good, good. It has been a busy week, a very busy yes. week with work, uh, but uh, and, and Drive to Survive when I'm not at work, but yes, can't complain, uh, Marrakesh was a brilliant race, and looking forward to chatting about it. Yeah, it was a good one, wasn't it? It was um, quite different to what we've seen in recent races, but it was um, it was nice. It was a nice, different race to what we're used to, so that's always good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no safety cars, so um, we saw some some pure racing out there. Yeah, it was always <laughs> it's always a plus, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, we like the accidents. And, well, we don't like accidents, but we like the driver in Formula E, but. Yeah, it was it was a nice, a nice change. No worries, no worries. Okay, media of the week. There's only one thing that we're going to talk about, obviously, and that is drive to survive. So, um, a, a few things about it. I and and we we won't go into spoilers. Um, but I mean, it was last season's Formula One. So if you haven't seen it, well, you should just binge it now. Uh, stop the recording, binge it now, and then you'll be up to date and you can hear about it with us. So um, it isn't electric racing related, but uh, Formula One, they do have hybrids now, and so there is uh, a battery that they can charge up and um, use to deploy uh, to uh, overtake, which is very cool. This series made me like Red Bull a lot less and then a lot more <laughs> it was a bit of a roller coaster um right yeah yeah I, I think how they treated Pierre Gasly not great um I feel like he probably needed an arm round him a bit more but uh, at, at that level maybe that's not how the teams operate I don't know so it was it was interesting um, a great tribute to Antoine as well uh, was shown in the series and uh, they they didn't show too much on the accident itself, but uh, may he rest in peace. Um, and I also enjoyed that Ferrari was in this one because, oh, and Gunther. Gunther's always a star. It, it's, it's just a great series, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I haven't finished watching it yet when we're recording, but um, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it from what I've seen so far. I think I've seen the first six episodes, uh, and it, it is very, very good. Um, you know, they they delve into the whole rich energy Haas situation, Mercedes at the German Grand Prix, and yeah, I do agree with you with the uh, Red Bull uh, point, especially about Pierre Gasly because. This poor guy, okay, he goes through everything under the sun, and it, it's the pressure of it. I think there's a there's a scene in the in the Monaco race, and uh, Horner goes to him. He goes, make sure it comes back at one piece, okay? Oh, the pressure, right? Huh? How can you deal with that? And the the first drive, Alex Albon gets in the car. Horner goes to him. It's all good, you know. There's no expectation. Just go out. Yeah, I mean, Alex Albon, a complete 
rookie. It's his rookie season. Um, and, and does a fantastic job. And obviously Gasly, something wasn't meshing with the car. Got back to Toro Rosso, got the podium. I mean, there had to be something that just didn't go right or didn't, yeah, didn't quite fit because he is a rapid driver. There's no denying that. <laughs> and I'm sure he's got, yeah. you know, millions of fans out there that would agree with me. What What do you think went wrong with that team? Do you... Because it it doesn't really doesn't really make sense. Like he shouldn't be too far away from Max Verstappen, mm-hmm. even though he's an absolute I mean, superstar. Yeah, um, he he shouldn't be that far away. I don't think. Yeah, I mean, Pierre Gasly is a rapid driver. He's immensely talented. Um, you know, he, he won GP two. Uh, normally, drivers get to win GP two, Formula two now. Obviously, he, he was the last champion of GP GP two before Charles Leclerc. Um, George Russell followed that and obviously Nick DeVries after that as well Nick, Pierre Gasly is fast he's immensely talented and at Red Bull, it, when he was at Toro Rosso 2018 he delivered, it was very good but at Red Bull something didn't quite mesh like he said and I think the issue was it's Max Verstappen Max Verstappen's the problem here I think when you're Max Verstappen's teammate, I think you would have this mindset of I have to beat him or I have to match him. And it's bloody difficult to match, let alone beat Max Verstappen, let's face it. And I think because of that pressure and that feeling of pressure, Gasly overcomplicated things, thought too much into it and probably damaged himself in that way. Personally, I would have gone in thinking, you know, no expectations do what I can, do my best, and the best the best that I can do is the best that I can do, quite simply. And um, it's as soon as you feel start feeling that pressure and feel the heat and go, oh my God, I'm not doing, I'm not beating Max. I think that's when the mistakes come in because you push harder and well, push too hard and then make stupid mistakes, quite honestly, and that's what Gasly was doing, especially in Germany. That little error he had here. It is a tough one. Um, Mercedes, I thought, um, didn't get a lot of airtime. I don't thought. I don't think Bottas got a lot of airtime. Um, which, being yeah. a Bottas fan, that's gutting. But he's, uh, yeah. If he was the world champion, I'm sure he would have got a lot more. So uh, he needs yeah. to. He needs to step it up. And obviously, um, there were a few other teams that really didn't get much of a showing. Alfa Romeo mm-hmm. for one. Um, Kimmy got a piece right at the end. Where he's like, ah, oh. he gets asked, are you going to be around for, for 2021 or something like that? And he says, uh, I don't know, we'll see. It's sort of like a hobby to me. He wasn't too fast. It was really funny. <laughs> it's classic Kimmy, isn't it? It's so typical. Like, what? <laughs> But, uh, I mean, he must be enjoying that drive at Alfa Romeo because, you know, Ferrari with all the expectation and it was quite clear in the series that Charles Leclerc was, you know, on the outside doing a really good job with media and everything. And But it looked like it was a real fight on the inside. Yeah, I haven't seen that episode yet, but I can imagine that being the case because you've got a young gun threatening the the veteran. Uh, 
man whose team it is essentially so i can't wait to watch that i think it's the next episode i've got to watch yeah and also uh the williams episode uh that is george russell is fun and says all the right things but he is he is brutal <laughs> so you'll enjoy that one as well yeah, I can't, I can't wait. The thing is, watching the Williams one, I think a small heart, part of my heart will break. Because people who know me know that I'm a, at heart a, a Williams guy. <laughs> and yeah, it's very sad, isn't it? Oh, can't cope with the. It is. But, I mean, let's put it this way the, the grid positions gained is always positive at the end of every race. At least we're making inroads and not losing them. Yeah, as long as they can positive race this season. Thinking. Yeah, exactly. That's the main thing. See what happens then. Yeah. It's going to be an absolute corker. So I'm just going to drop this on you. I want the first three finishes in Formula One for 2020. Uh, um, oh, uh, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend that is Valtteri Bottas, because he won't be Hamilton. <laughs> That's not very nice. He is great. <laughs> and the goat, uh, Nicholas Latifi. I'm joking. <laughs> Max Verstappen. <laughs> oh, Nicholas Latifi. Do the same. Uh, I, I do, do think. I do same. think Nicholas Latifi will get at least one point this season, but. Um, I am yeah, I going, obviously, the man, not Bottas, Lewis Hamilton, uh, and then Verstappen, and then Bottas. So Ooh, I do think Bottas will he'll go okay, but Verstappen is just, he just seems to be getting better and better, and um, mm. another season with Red Bull, Honda's, yeah, Honda is making gains, we saw it last year. And so that is my prediction for the season. Um, but for Melbourne, I'm actually going for a Max Verstappen win. Who are you? Oh, that's ambitious. I think it'll be Lewis. Yep, I'm going a Maxi win, then Lewis, and then Albin. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think Mercedes are going to be. I think Mercedes are going to be the best they've ever been this season. Hmm. I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. Ambitious, I know, but been reading too many headlines. Alrighty, so that concludes media of the week. And now, Marrakesh into qualifying. And firstly, we have to talk about uh, the Kiwi Mitch Evans and Jaguar not getting across the line in time. How how much of an error could this be for the championship? I I can't even. Oh my god! I can't even believe that's happened now. You I know. was watch. I was watching it, and my hands were genuinely in my my head. Was it were in my hands? Was in my hands. It was. It was heartbreaking. Like it's you know the, the pace that Mitch has had this season has been fantastic. He he's been on it, and one small timing error put him in twenty fourth. Like, oh, and it was the perfect time to capitalize. Because you haven't got a group qualifying disadvantage in Marrakesh, it's semi-permanent facility. It was the time to shine, and they blew it. They blew it by like a tenth of a second or something. 
Yeah, oh, I think it was zero point two something um, of a second as the the timing lights and the actual official timing are a little bit out. Uh, so he didn't yeah. make it across the line, but had he, he would have been straight into Super Pole. Mm-hmm. So um, I think he did a one seventeen four. Yeah, and Maxi Gunter, who who got the point um, for topping qualification. Uh, was a one seventeen five six two. So yeah, I mean that Jaguar Mitch Evans. They look, they look just like Sims did at the start of the season, basically. Yeah, yeah, they are looking quick. And you had James Collado as well, who I mean qualified to set the top ten for a guy who has no pace over one lap. Um, so that's that's quite harsh. It's <laughs> very harsh. Yeah, um, very. But yeah, yeah, it's um. It's, imp- it's it's encouraging for Jag at this early stage. And I think their strength lies in one lap pace. And whatever they found in between uh, Santiago and Mexico City, you know, it's certainly working. Because the pace is there or thereabouts. And I'd say they've, they're certainly in the top three now. In, definitely inside the top three. Yes, yes. They, they have come leaps and bounds from Santiago. Uh, Mitch was very unhappy. Yeah, a look of absolute disdain, and then just they've just turned it all around. And um, Colado getting good results now as well, and um, I think that'll continue. So yeah, I think the drivers' championship, Mitch is is uh, suffering a wee bit now, but I reckon he will be back up there. Uh, and the teams' championship, well, I, I would probably say, uh, thanks to Mitch, mostly that they're probably on for a top three. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Collado's been picking up the points, and not as regularly as Mitch, or in a higher quantity, as high a quantity, but um, I think the race in Marrakesh was just a one-off, wasn't it? And the qualifying pace showed the, the car is quick, the race showed that the car's efficient, and Mitch showed that he's probably one of the best drivers in the grid, uh, which we already knew, quite honestly. Yeah, um, we did. Yeah. I think we can expect that Mitch will be in the title hunt this year if everything, if they can get the timings right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a it's a goer this season for Jag, definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent. They're they're set for a strong result. That's going to be uh, moving forward a team to watch. Uh, so uh, heading into Super Bowl, uh, Maxi Gunter he gets the point, um, and with him. Andre Lotterer, Eduardo Mortara, De Costa, De Vries, and Buemi. So, uh, a little bit different in Super Pole. Antonio Felix De Costa taking it out. Um, Maxi Gunter in second, Lotterer third, De Vries, Mortara, and Buemi. Uh, I think a good job from Buemi, actually, with the Nissan hmm. moving to the, the single MGU. He's, he's done well to haul that car into Super Pole. Do you agree, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the car isn't as quick as what we saw last year. Um, but I think under the circumstances with what Nissan have done, I, I mean, the Nissan car is quite clearly, it's not the best car in the grid, is it? It's positively bang average and in the midfield. Um, maybe towards the front of the midfield, though, uh, which is good. But Buemi's a reliable driver, isn't he? He, he? he just keeps delivering, keeps giving, and now that he's found his form, uh, I mean, I think we can expect him to see inside, be inside the um, 
the top six and then super pole in most races because he's a qualifying machine. I think he's the he's the driver with the most poles in Formula E, I believe. Don't quote me. Um, yeah, it's Buemi. You, you always know that he's going to be up there. He's, he's a reliable driver. He'll, he'll always be there or thereabouts. Yep. Okay. So, Da Costa. That wasn't unexpected. The Tachitas are looking very fast. So, mm. um, they, yeah, they're just bounding. <laughs> Bounding away uh, as they yeah. did eventually uh, through the pack and in the race. But uh, we've got to talk about Jev just quickly uh, missing the first practice session because of illness. Um, but he yeah. was cleared um, and obviously, thankfully, uh, not. Uh, it wasn't coronavirus. So um, he underwent testing. All good. Still looked absolutely terrible in my eyes, to be honest, um, in and after the race. <laughs> yeah. But what a champ for pushing through. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't very well with uh, Jeff. Uh, skipped practice to put James Rossiter in the car. And he looked awful on race day. As, as nice as that can sound, he looked so unwell. Uh, he was coughing. He looked like he had fever. Um, and yeah, he, what a trooper. Uh, you know, it, it's a man who doesn't want to. Uh, he wants to defend his title at all costs. Sam, it is. He's not giving up with a fight without a fight this season. And it's great to see. It's really good. Yeah, there was no quitting. There was no lack of motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, as we saw, yeah. hauling himself through the field, just overtake, starting eleventh, making that podium. Um, but <laughs> Mitch Evans. Starting 24th and coming 6th. Mm-hmm. Also getting the fastest lap, so we got an extra point. One of the main things I want to talk about, and we haven't seen it too much, is Antonio Felix da Costa in the lead makes it a little bit difficult for Gunter to get past. But then Gunter goes around the outside um, and it sort of felt like it was too easy and Gunter <laughs> knew that it was too easy. Uh, and DaCosta was basically using him for the slipstream, using him to reserve energy, and then knew he had the goods to get back past. We don't see that too often, but this was a perfect play from Tachita and DaCosta to get that. Yeah. yeah to, because I think the BMW is quite a bit more efficient than the Tachita. Would you, would you agree, Chris? I would say so, yeah. I mean, I think from what we saw uh, in Marrakesh, it is, uh, especially in the battle with Vern at the end. But what a! It was a good play from DS Tachita, wasn't it? And it's something that I can't say I've seen in Formula E before. Couldn't think of it. I wonder if it's something that DS Tachita found in Mexico City, because they had all that team play with Vern and De Costa, and it was a bit of a mess, really, wasn't it? And I know that Vern was he was perplexed as to why De Costa had more energy than him. And it was, of course, because De Costa was using the slipstream to lift off earlier and he could still carry the speed through the corners. So I wonder if this penny has dropped and they've gone, huh, this is a damn good idea right here. Let's abuse BMW. And it worked. So <laughs> I think we'll see more of that. <laughs> it worked a treat. Great idea. It was. I think uh, we're going to need to see Alexander Sims now um, really start to really start to push and get up back up the top because like any series where there's two drivers in a team if you have both up the top the costa can no longer do that 
So yeah, yeah, exactly. Da tries that on Gunter. Gunter could just let Sims go past and vanish into the distance, and mm. they're no longer able to do that to BMW. So I think they need to start having two cars up there. Vern eventually making his way up and getting past Maximilian Gunter, but running out of energy on the last lap. Maximilian Gunter sells him the dummy, gets past. What a great move. He's such a great driver. He's come on in strides. Um, if you haven't seen the race, please go back and watch it because it was really good. Um, I think we talked a little bit um, before, no safety cars. So one of the cleaner races we've seen of late as well. Yeah, it was um, it was, it was a good race, wasn't it? And, and Max Gunther has... I mean, what you've got to think is this is his, arguably his first, well, it is his first ever full Formula E season as well. He did most of the races last year, but you can still call him a part-timer. Um, and the move that he did on, you know, on Verne was one of the best we've seen in Formula E, quite honestly. It was, especially from someone so young um, in Formula E, that overtake, the commitment, he knew exactly what he was doing. He played Verne like in a musical instrument, it was great. You know, he sold him the dummy, Vern fell for it, straight up the inside, bosh. Oh, honestly, so exciting. And a high-pressured situation as well. It was at the final lap, I think it was. It was the final lap, yeah. And, yeah, oh, man, just biding your time perfectly when he's at his weakest, exploit it. It was. It was special. Priceless. Priceless. Yeah, it was very special. We're seeing a driver who um, he's grown race by race. He was missing in action in Mexico City, but by God, did he come back. It was, oh, it was great. Yeah, it's very, very good. Can't wait to see him for the rest of the season and see what he can do, because he's um, it's turning into a very special year. It is, it is, absolutely. I think uh, Maximilian Gunter now... He's pulled himself up onto 44 points, just two behind his teammate. Um, uh-huh. We'll go through the driver positions. So uh, Antonio Felix da Costa bags 28 points. He got pole uh, from the weekend. Gunther in second gets the extra point for being top of the groups heading into Super Pole. So 19 points out of it. Uh, Vern on 15 gets the podium. 12 for Buemi coming in fourth, and that's honestly, that is a great result. Uh, 10 for Mortara, and we did talk about it last time or the time before. Uh, that gap is getting larger between him and Massa. Uh, it's, not, it's not going the way of Massa yeah. this season. Um, no, Mortara bringing home the goods for Rocket Venturi. Uh, Panasonic Jaguar from 24th, also getting the fastest lap, so nine points. Lucas Degrassi, Andre Lotterer, Roland Bird round out the top 10. And then just out of the points, De Vries, who got a penalty. Unfortunate for De Vries, who was running very well um, and honestly showed up, showed up Stoffel this race. Yeah, Stoffel was, uh, I don't even know where he was. Was he in Marrakesh? Because he didn't place higher than 15th in any session. No. 23rd in practice one, 20th in practice two. 17th in qualifying and then 15th in the race, I believe. He was just absent. I think he's at a loss and Mercedes are at a loss as to why that car was so slow, but he had no confidence driving it at all. 
no confidence at all. Uh, Robin Frines in 12th. D'Ambrosio uh, started 7th, down to 13th. Uh, Daniel Apt, he needed a good race, but um, started 18th up to 14th. Stoffel 17th up to 15th, and then Collado uh, just went backwards. Massa, Jani, Hartley, Muller. Those dragons are struggling as well as Jani. They are. Turvey, that's, yeah, that was all that was going to happen there. Uh, Pascal Verline, and then Martin Qua and Alexander Sims. So Sims DNF on the last lap, heartbreaking because he was in for some points. Um, yeah, so yeah, that allowed Bird to get a point. Yeah, very very lucky for Virgin Mind because they've been nowhere in recent races. I think the car itself is fast, but well, I say that I don't think the Audi cars, but the Audi powertrain isn't working. It's um, it's getting points, but it just isn't delivering the goods. I mean, Degrassi has no pace over one lap. Apt isn't doing much. Uh, and the customer team, Virgin, I mean, their form from the first race of the season's vanished. I mean, how many points have they taken from the past two or three? Like two? Maybe three. Barely anything, though. It's been appalling. So, And Neo aren't looking too good. The Dragons are rubbish. Um... Yeah, no, I feel sorry for Mahindra quite honestly because they thought they'd turn the corner and then, you know, Marrakesh is the first race of our season, they said. Wow. <laughs> the race pace was nowhere. Yes, it's uh, it has become a struggle for teams that were dominating um, and doing well. Obviously, the, the guys at Mahindra, they always start well um, and I don't think they capitalised on the points that were available. Um, especially in the first couple of races. So, um, well, here are the standings. Antonio Felix da Costa on 67. Mitch Evans with a great recovery. He is down to second, though, on 56 points. Sims on 46. Uh, still, you know, still third in the championship, uh, getting nothing for round three, nothing for round five. 11 points in round four. So, uh, Sims having a tough time of it I've got to say though Da Costa is very consistent the last three races have been mega mm-hmm. Maximilian Gunter um, 44, 38 for Degrassi also 38 for Stoffel Mortara on 32 31 for Jean-Eric Verne now 30 for Roland which is a good effort actually from Roland uh, 29 for Bird in the past four races, he has picked up three points. God. Not good. No. Uh, Buemi on 27 and has come alive. Race four, 15 points. Race five, 12 points. So he's, he's starting to pick it up. Uh, Lotterer, 25 points. 18 for DeVries. Verline on 14. 10 for Freins and Collado. 8 for Daniel Apt, 3 for Jerome D'Ambrosio, Massa on 2 points, Hartley on 2 points, and of course, Turvey, Muller, Jani, and Ma on zip. Um, I don't want to see Apt uh, down there, I don't want to see Massa down there, D'Ambrosio, uh, Freins having a, having a shocker, he's had nothing in the four, yeah. last 4 races. It's just, uh, 
the, the second driver for a lot of the teams are just nowhere. It's pretty hard to see, actually. It's, it's been a, a tricky year. You know, it, it, it's very much a 50-50 championship this season, I would call it. You've usually got one car doing very well, and then the second driver struggles. And Nico Muller has had a rough time. Neil Jani hasn't really been anywhere. He hasn't done anything. It wouldn't rule them out, though. Ma, just, no. Uh, compared, Turvey's completely cast him in a shadow. Massa's had a difficult run of races. I know he was suffering from uh, braking issues in, um, in Marrakesh. And like, when, you're, when you're struggling with braking issues, it just makes the car unpredictable, doesn't it? You know, you're trying to slow down, you might not slow properly, then it impacts your racing line and impacts your confidence. Just really, like, grinds you into the ground. Yeah, a lot of a lot of drivers um, struggling to establish any kind of consistency. Really, I mean, look at D'Ambrosio, did very well last year, won races, but Mahindra so far this year have not been convincing at all. Frines hasn't finished inside the top ten since November. Uh, that's that's painful. That's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it is. It's a lot. A lot going on in that second second half of the standings. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it is rough to see these drivers. We know they can do really well. We know what they're capable of, but it's just not happening for one reason or another. And you know, it's it's really sad. We we want them all. We love them all. Um, uh, apart from Ma, maybe. But um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard. And and we do wish Ma well. I was just joking, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because. We we don't want to see anyone at the back. We want competition. Um, we want them all scoring points. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's. I'm sure there's some uh, some real thought processing going on as to why that's not happening, and and also what happened to Stoffel in that race. So Rome will be interesting uh, if it goes ahead. Uh, we pray that it does. It goes ahead, but yes. Hope, hope it yes. Does. Um, It'll be interesting to see if they can catch up and um, put all those things behind them. Hey, Chris. It's it's an interesting season in Formula E. It's an interesting year for motorsport in general and the sporting world at present. Um, no one knows what happens next. Uh, no one knows when we next race. No one knows how to get there. It will be there. Um, a lot going on, but you know when when the season does resume. Wherever that may be, uh, I don't think anyone knows. We've got a good season ahead. It's going to be exciting. People are going to, yeah. I can't wait to see what, what else happens this year. We've had nine different winners now, uh, nine consecutive races with nine different winners, which is history but history making for Formula E. Um, it's, a, it's a good time for the championship, but the, circuit, the context of it makes it a bit more difficult. So, yeah. Wherever the next race will be, bring it on. It's going to be a good one. Um, right, so the team standings. Desta Cheetah, they have propelled themselves uh, from outside the top three, straight up the top with 98 points, scoring 43 points over this race, which is just, wow. you know, that's to be commended. Yeah, that impressive. is a great recovery <laughs> from the start of the year. Uh, 90 for BMW, uh, they would have probably been back up the top if Sims had finished. Um, so that's unfortunate there. Panasonic Jaguar 66, 
Nissan, somehow on 57, that's great from them. Uh, 56 for Mercedes now, not scoring in the last couple. 46 for Audi Sport. Envision on 39, which is surprising. And they only have three points in the last four races, but still on 39, which shows you how many points they got in race one. Uh, 34 for Venturi. Porsche 25. 17 for Mahindra, which no one expected. Uh, Dragon 2 and Neo Zip. Now, Dragon, I predicted that it would be a top six finish for them. They are. It doesn't look like they're getting any more points anytime shortly. That's uh, that's not going well for them. So let's hope that there is a vast improvement uh, going into the next race. Yeah, it hasn't been good for Dragon. It's been a very tough season. They showed pace in preseason testing, which was good. Uh, good for them. We thought. I remember the conversation we had. You know, will this be the return to form for Dragon after so long at the back? No, it won't be, apparently. Um, two points. Very, very disappointing. They've got a, a world-class driver lineup in Nico Muller and Brendan Hartley. But sadly, it's not convincing, is it? The pace isn't there. There's a lot of teams that, at the back anyway, well, in the second half of the uh, the table. Um, and it's a tale of two halves, like I said. I mean, look at Porsche. I think you said 25 points. All scored by Lovera. If... You get more points from Neil Shani, Porsche goes up. It can make a hell of a lot of difference. It's the same with Venturi. 32 of those, 34, have been scored by Mortara. And it just takes a couple of races, and, you know, a double points finish can really, really change the standings at the moment. I mean, Virgin are still there in um, sixth, I believe, with 39 points. And they've scored three from the past three, past four. If they were able to replicate that form from the first race of the season, they'd be sailing away by now. Uh, just It also goes to show how close this championship is. It's so closely contested. It is a very close championship. Um, yeah, so Rocket Venturi on 34. If Massa was performing at the same level, uh, both drivers on 34, that propels them up to third instead of eighth. So it just yeah. goes to show, you know, that's... A very very tight championship. Yes, I, I think I think it's it's it'll all move around again. Um, and let's hope for that point from Neo. Let's hope for that. Yeah, I, I hope so. I really do. It would be nice to see. Okay, an announcement as well. Uh, we have been talking with Drillers Esports. So Drillers Esports, uh, they do uh, a couple of different events uh, over the eSIM racing uh, sphere. So the first one, they are in the 2020 Formula Sim Racing Championship. Uh, so if you're looking at that, uh, both ACA and Pro Races will be broadcasted live on the FSR YouTube channel, so Formula Sim Racing YouTube channel, and we'll put that in the show notes. I think the first race is uh, Malaysia, which is in a couple of days from yeah. recording. Uh, and they also are in P1 LMS, um, the Le Mans uh, cars, which is pretty cool. I have cool. recently got a lot more into some racing, uh, watching it, of course. Um, I have no way of buying a setup, but I do enjoy watching it. Huh. Um, and so it was quite cool to get a message from these guys. Um, so that's Drillers Esports, and I will link their socials in the show notes, uh, give them some love. 
uh, our logos will be on their car from the first race. So that's also really cool to uh, have uh-huh. the support it's from them. Cool. And hopefully we can, yeah, hopefully we can get up the top of the grid. Yeah, exactly. Great things to come. It's going to be good. It's good. We have partners. We have partners, which is great. We so, have partners. Thank you very much. Very exciting. Yeah? And you will hear a lot more uh, over the over the course of the sim racing season uh, and through our podcast. And there'll be yeah a bit of content coming um, on our socials and bits and pieces for them as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Up the drill. Yeah, exciting stuff. Uh-huh. Up up the drill. Thank you also to Huzu Graphics uh, on Twitter for doing the episode artwork. Another awesome one. Um, and also Danelle Armour featuring Sarah DeWarren Gallery, uh, the great intro music. So thank you, Danelle. He also has a new track coming out. So keep posted. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts from you, Chris? Uh, who was your driver of the day? Driver of the day. I'm not looking at the show notes. It can only be one man. It has to be the Kiwi, the legend, Mitch Evans, storming through the field and picking up those much-needed points for Jaguar and himself for the championship. Bingo, that's the correct answer, because I agree. (laughs) There is only one correct answer, and I'm sure yours is the same, Chris. There can only be one. Uh, Stoffel Van Dahl. No. Mitch Evans. Yes, that's the one. Getting 18 positions, that is the most positions a Formula E driver has gained in a race in the sport's history. It's a, it's a pretty good record to have. I'm, I'm not sure it's going to be beaten anytime soon, but you never know. This is Formula E. No, no, me neither. Yeah. Uh, maybe Jaguar did it on purpose to go, look how good we are, right? <laughs> mm, I doubt that somehow. <laughs> I doubt it, but conspiracy theories, right? They're everywhere. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can follow us at www.regenracingpodcast.com at regenracing on Twitter and on Instagram, regeneracingpod. Thank you very much. We will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Oh, we need to do the Italian goodbye. Is it Arvidecci? I'm not even going to try. Alrighty, see you later. Au revoir. That's in case of the cancellation.